I V M. The structure of marketing has been through some interesting evolutions. It's also demanded professionals who, over the years, have seen the practice itself evolve, both globally and locally, to constantly evolve and understand its paradigm shifts. This process of being part of an ever-evolving system of functioning has made many of these marketers look at marketing from an interesting lens of understanding that all of us can learn from if we tap into it right. One such marketer is Aparna Mahesh, the CMO of Great Learning. With her years of experience both globally and locally and across market segments, giving her an interesting POV on the space, which you can all learn from. And she's my guest this week on Advertising is Dead. I'm Varun Dugirala. We'll be right back with Aparna Mahesh. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead uh, with Aparna. Hi Aparna, welcome to the show. Hi Varun, thanks. Nice to be here. Yeah, you and I had a, a, a pre-chat a while back. This was a little before decided to take a short break from the podcast. But what I thought was interesting when I spoke to you is there were specific, there were certain things that you spoke about which I thought would be very interesting for the audience to kind of cover. But um, I thought we'll start off with like a broader perspective um, um, on marketing and 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 how do you kind of see a a what do you see has shifts in the space? Also from a broader perspective, what do you feel? Um, are, are the key areas that are really growing right now? Sure. Uh, how much time do you have? Because that's that's twenty <laughs> years of experience. It. The best part <laughs> of the podcast is that you've gone as long as. No, so um, so as you're you're probably aware, right? I started my career in the late nineties, um, so that that seems definitely like another era. Um, so I've seen several big shifts. Uh, I've also had the fortune of working in multiple countries, right? So. A lot of narratives, a lot of shifts, a lot of trends that I think I've been able to see up close. Uh, but if you were to ask me, you know, two or three of the big headline sort of items for me in my career, I think it would be just the way the entire narrative or the the, the control, you know, the power that's completely moved away from the hands of the marketers. I'm not sure if it ever was in the hands of the marketers because at the end of the day, the one who pays the money and buys the product is the is the most powerful. But there was definitely this probably this delusion that we controlled uh, the 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 narratives, the communication about the product. Even that sort of has moved entirely away. And I think uh, a lot of the marketing fraternity is still coming to terms with just how little we have uh, in terms of the role to play, you know, in disseminating, in, in, in building conversations around our own product, right? So that I think is this one big thing. The second, of course, is, you know, in, in, in theory, marketing theory, you know, you constantly study step by step, you know, there's ADA happening or whatever other different models. I think with the whole digital revolution, all of that's up in the wind. I think people are, you know, they're traversing everything in a, in a matter of seconds. Um, you know, there isn't this entire thing of, okay, now we're in the awareness building phase and then we'll move on to the next phase. It ain't happening that way. Honestly, everything's happening. It's on their fingertips. They're watching. If they're watching an ad, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're checking you out right away. They're making up their minds right away. Um, so all of that is happening sort of simultaneously. So there is, you know, so I think that is the other, which is this entire, the loop is getting closed so quickly. Feedback is coming back so quickly. And so then the ball's in your court much sooner than it ever was before as a marketer. And so, you know, you've got to sort of keep responding to it much faster. I think that is a big one. I think, um, 
when I look back to the early days, I feel we used to think those were stressful days because you didn't have access to so much of information. You actually had to go out into the market, talk to people and things like that. Um, I think now it's, it's way crazier because there's so much of information coming at you, right? And so it's so easy for marketers to just sometimes get completely overwhelmed with all that data that's hitting you. Um, and and losing the insights from that, right? I think it's a it's a typical situation. Um, those are the big ones. Of course, there are a lot of the other ones, which is I think earlier, uh, you know, in order to move an entire industry from phase one, let's say awareness building to it getting to becoming mainstream. If you talked about seven or ten years to create that sort of a thing for a new product to come in, I think now you're doing it in 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 a matter of a couple of years or even sooner. You know, a classy yeah. example is just the way that we've adopted. Look at flashback to ten years ago, right? I mean, did you ever think you would be pretty much buying everything of yours online? You weren't, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, so so in a way, it's good. If COVID had to happen, it's better it happened right now because all of us were slightly more geared for it as consumers. Imagine if it had happened ten years ago; it would have hit us all significantly more. I feel. I I actually read this uh, one piece online which said that if it had happened even like. 15 years ago, all we would be doing is sitting at home playing Snake on our Nokia double three double zero <laughs> On the candy bar. Absolutely. And watching TV. And I don't know how we would have coped. Yeah. The thing is that even when you think back to those days, right, you're struggling to figure out what the hell did we do? So that sort of, I don't think that that any generations prior to this have seen such a vast change in such a short period of time that they're struggling to think of life as it were just five years or seven years ago, you know, so those are, those are all the big, 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 um, you know, as I call them the headline game changers that I've seen up close and personal. Yeah. You have also spent a fair bit of time working in the, in the UK and the US markets, right? Um, If you had to look at marketing as to how we do it in India versus how it's done um, in regions like that, what what have you seen as, as, as broader differences or other? I mean, I'm guessing there are pros and cons uh, and they're good and bad on both sides. But in, in general, what do you feel are the differences in the way we look at it from a global perspective and a local perspective? Certainly. So uh, I must caveat this by saying that I've been back in India for more than 10 years now. So a lot of my uh, personal experience is prior to that. So the the so I would get asked this a lot in the US when I first moved there. And my answer always would be the overwhelming use of emotion in Indian marketing um, you know, it's so like, you know, even if we had to sell a suitcase, there would be this amazing in those days, right? There would be these, all the Cadbury's ads and there would be so much, you would sometimes tear up or you would at least feel a very strong sense of emotions when you saw advertising. None of that was, was, was happening there. Everything was yeah. a very rational sell. And that happens because it probably tells you how people approach advertising in each of these cultures. We looked at it as entertainment probably uh, back then. Um, and we weren't averse to advertising, whereas there it was always probably had become an intrusion. And so it was, you know, if I'm taking away from someone's time, let me be very quick and let me give them all the information so that it doesn't seem like I'm annoying them, you know, so that I think was a big one. And of course, the data driven, um, you know, ROI focus, extremely, extremely sharp. And, you know, that sort of rigor was not something that I had ever seen in India prior to that. I think it's coming in right now. But I think, Um, we're nowhere close to what it would be there, right? Just in terms of being able to understand which medium is giving you what return, what bang for the buck. Um, So that would be one. I think UK was slightly uh, different from the US as well in terms of um, in terms of the different mediums that each of these were using, right? So direct mail 
uh, a lot of the countries in the Europe actually the people enjoy at least this used to be the situation back in let's say even 2008 and 9 used to enjoy getting you know direct mailers you know like physical mailers where they could go through the information and things like that that wasn't yeah. so much the case in the US um so uh, at a high level i think a huge you know obviously all advertising is a reflection of the cultures so we are an emotional culture our advertising continues to remain that way theirs is not uh, the second is just the way that people have adopted different media um obviously reflects you know on digital there's only that much that you can do whereas if it's television you can do a lot more so i think it's a it's a cause and effect needs to be understood very clearly it's uh, you know if they are embracing and you know in the us and other uh, evolved market advanced markets mature markets i think digital is way bigger right the spends are much bigger than even on television on india we're nowhere close to that as yet so uh, a lot of those uh, sort of drive these key differences between these cultures was marketing always what you wanted to do uh, when you started off was that was was that like uh, the exact or on, like okay i want to be a marketer i've never heard anybody i want to see, i want to find people who say i wanted to grow up and be a marketer right <laughs> no i wanted to be an economist i was just think it's funny i was thinking of this yesterday i did my uh, graduation in economics i actually loved economics um but then i also had this creative side uh, you know i used to like to write uh, and you know i had a lot of uh, that sort of stuff and and i got admitted to mica and i think that's when i said okay this seems like uh it might be a place that gives me um you know an outlet for that creativity yeah. and then i got into advertising and very quickly into marketing and then you know that's where i've been uh when you look at the the and there's something you mentioned in our brief chat right is looking at the structure of marketing um, and that's one thing that's upon interesting is that you just you were telling about how the structure of marketing has changed not just for the consumer but also for the marketer um i'd love to get into that kind of kind of get your pov on that so structure two things right one is the way that marketing teams are structured i think that was one thing i had talked about yeah. i think that's a huge difference right it again goes back to the earlier point i made about how quickly everything's coming at you how how quickly trends are changing so therefore you know just the fact that today you need to have in your marketing teams you know there there needs to be a set of people or at least some representation uh, of people who are able to spot trends right these yeah. earlier would just be loosely called consumer research which you would do once in a way and that used to stand you in good stead because things weren't changing as much but now um, you know you got to be able to spot things much before they are likely to become mainstream so that you at least have a chance of having to bring that into either your communication or your or your campaigns so that i think becomes very important someone who's got their ear to the ground listening as we call it today right not just social but just all forms of listening has become so important this was something that i had noticed um you know way back in the in in countries like the us as well i think there was a tremendous influence placed on listening back then then of course just the fact that you know you need to be able to react very very quickly today right so those you know your teams need to have either it's whether it's on social media or uh, you know your just your ability to to respond to all kinds of interactions that are coming your way from consumers um and then there needs to be i think analytics this is the big one right where you have a analytics team or at least that part comes into the marketing team because you have to make some sense of all that data right so yeah. your knowledge your decision making can't purely be based on data so i think while this team is very important in culling out uh, you know all the insights um, 
so there's a little bit of all of this then eventually you have to still go with your gut nothing can take away from just knowing your consumer really really well and sometimes just being able to step back and say okay this is the big picture you know so there are all these bits and pieces coming at you yeah so i think structurally if i look at the way my my own teams have changed over time um another thing that i see with a lot of digital companies is just bringing in your creative teams at least a large part of it in house because the sheer volume of work that's getting done you know so outsourcing that entirely is never going to take care of especially with digital companies though you know there's so much being done the shelf life and the decay rate of any marketing communication today is you know how it is it's use and throw all around right so you know the earlier even with television campaigns if you could put a certain number of grps to a certain campaign just because you're blowing up so much of money and those grps are happening so much faster right you need you just need to refresh your creative so much so again you know if i had to summarize that varun um, it's about essentially input right having teams that are good at listening um, teams that are good at spotting trends however that may be even if it's through research if it's through social listening through you know through multiple avenues third is the quantitative side which is to have an analytics sort of a team in house which is able to look at all the data that you're getting right and and making some sense out of it reporting it in a in a in a manner that everyone else is able to then use um and then building on the communication so what is the output of all of that because you got to react very fast so your creative teams that are getting built in house for instance um a lot of us are also now looking at bringing in some amount of media uh, expertise in house while earlier that was never felt to be necessary but it's just the volume and as your spends go up and it goes across different media it becomes a sort of a thing a good thing to see if there's someone in here who becomes an integrator rather than you working with a digital agency separately and a mass you know an offline agency separately and so you know all of these sort of coming together in how marketing teams are being structured in house i love to ask you one question about the in housing part right um there's there's been this conversation about in housing that has happened over time and it's obviously picked up steam in terms of how it's happened um the way i always looked at it was it's it's not a in house or outsource it's it's a balance of both to an extent um how have you seen that balance how do you kind of uh, crack that balance so you have to look at so see let's go back to why is it that everything or why is there a need for all of this to move in house is there an agency or is there a structure that's available externally that is going to be able to take care of a lot of this for you probably not if you went back to let's say even the early 2000 where in the good old days of let's say the 15% commission happening you know the yeah. agencies right there was yeah. enough for them to have invested in that they had they were the integrators right the kind of um value that they were able to add to a lot of clients was enormous because you know the research would be the, the, the transporting the research the media planning the creation everything was happening by the agency yeah. the minute you took media out of that yeah. uh you were already separating these things out right so i think purely in my own experience sometimes it's just easier to have a lot of this in house than dealing with so many different agencies today i think that is it's more a question of efficiencies because there isn't one single player out there who's in a position to give you a lot of these that you're looking for and that's where it it really i think it boils down to that 
I, I think also it's also it's an interesting point, right? Because at most times, I feel that agencies are also trying to. Uh, I know there are a bunch of agencies globally. I, I haven't seen as many in India um, who actually specialize in in-housing. Saying if you want to in-house, uh, we we almost build that out for you. Um, even slowly uh, taking that in and saying, I I need this is a this is what people are doing now. I'll have to be party to it. I can't fight it anymore because there was a period when people were fighting it. But I find that interesting because um, I want to get into how um, how you look at marketing, especially in your present role in, in marketing education, um, and that obviously you're looking at it from a perspective which is not traditional, right? Because I think ed- education, which is digitally driven, was the education that is, for lack of a term, brick and mortar, if I want to call it that. Uh, um, is, is is very different in in how you deliver it and how you consume it, but also I'm guessing in how you market it, right? So, kind of building a team to be always on to deliver that also would require this. No, you're absolutely right. I think uh, uh, different categories would require a slightly different approach. Uh, now, when it comes to when it comes to edtech, for instance. Um, you know the audiences, especially where where we are, right? We are in let's say higher online learning, professional upskilling, that yes. sort of space, right? It requires um, a far more mature sort of an approach. Obviously, awareness building and letting people know, getting them to sort of know that great learning is a brand out there, is one part of it, right? But then after that, you know, how are you sort of handholding them? Because there are so many, diff- it's not a very simple, it's not an impulse driven category at all. So I think yeah. I might just want to step back and say, how is the process? I mean, marketing awareness is just the, the tip of the iceberg because there's so much to happen after that before they actually write out a check for you. As opposed to, let's say, uh, pure play e-commerce, for instance, right? Where you don't, there isn't much for you to lose in just run. So awareness could be a really large part of what you want to achieve there. Here, it's just a very small part of the beginning. Uh, and that is where it becomes, you know, what are the kind of narratives we are building out? Um, what are the kind of behavior that we want to inculcate? Because if it's about lifelong learning, it's about all career success today. And that's how the, the market has changed as well, right? Today, uh, upskilling is not a luxury anymore. It's almost a survival necessity because redundance and, you know, and technology itself is changing so fast, right? So, so our entire approach here would be extremely difficult than let's say what I would have done in any of my previous companies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and we look at how you would approach it. If you, if you want to go a little deeper into that, how do you package? Cause you know, also the other thing with edtech is this, there, there's a lot of players who are seeing, I mean, obviously all have slightly different focuses the way I look at it and look at the market. Yeah. But they're still kind of for a regular consumer, they seem to fall into the same bucket. Um, so how do you a, build that differentiation in, in a category that has traditionally always been school, college, um, or like worst case, arts, commerce, science, yeah. and then you have engineering, medical, etc. But how do you kind of, how do you differentiate yourself? So that, that's, that's a very neat, uh, you know, as you said, I think we moved from these, you know, these buckets, yeah. watertight compartments, right? And we didn't sort of look at anything outside of that. Um, so I'll tell you where it comes, especially in country, in a country like India, right. Um, um, there's, there's so much of pressure on that, you know, that three hour entrance exam that every kid who passes out of his 12th standard 
has to has to write right the fear of that that haunts a lot of kids forever right and then the fact that that dictates to a large extent the course uh, or the direction that your life takes right yeah. um i think that used to be that was obviously the past i think um, one of the reasons or one of the big the vision behind uh, let's say our great learning uh, was the fact that that can't be it if life is all about second and third chances right then your career needs to have the same sort of break right and this is what your higher learning and professional uh, online uh, education brings or has to offer to the you know the lakhs or the millions of young professionals who are entering the workforce every year you know and they need to differentiate themselves that is a driving human need right when you are one among a million let's say engineers or people in any of these companies now how do you differentiate yourself how do you move ahead how do you get future ready i think that is what companies like great learning are equipped to help people deal yeah. with yeah um, so when you're talking about uh, let's say data sciences if some of these are going to be the careers of the future how do you create this workforce that is ready to take on all those jobs that are already getting created in that space so yeah. that is the vision of uh, of of great learning i think what what also i feel has happened is that there was a time when you would have to how to put it um it was i really want to study x or y so i have to write this exam so i'm necessarily i am trying to push myself to get into that institute now it's the institute that's telling me no this is what you can learn from me you can do this from here so it's it's kind of flipped in a, in, in a major way right completely i mean just the access right olio i mean all power is about access varun in life right now when you open up access to a lot of people right it just simply empowers so many people right if the iit brand name is such such an aspirational name for us right um and we know the numbers how many people actually make it there but then if you still have access to you know to uh, a higher degree certification from institutes such as those or even premier institutes in the us which probably were never things that um, you know that was on one's list or one never believed that they could and it's all being made available to you i think it just suddenly opens up a whole new world of opportunities uh, for a lot of the youngsters out there i think what is very clear is india is so high on aspiration today yeah. you know that is one thing that there is no shortage of yeah. um and so platforms such as these give that sort of aspiration you know the the right kind of uh, i mean they are able to clasp you know reach out uh, oh. and make it a reality you know it is one great thing to aspire how do you then make it happen i think that's where the you know this sort of bridges that gap i think what's also uh, interesting is, is the fact that like i was running through the list of universities right? and i realized the where i did my engineering from is actually university that is that is part of uh, uh the set of universities you have which i found so interesting to look at which is ps right so i studied my engineering in ps in bangalore okay and i saw that i'm like that's when it came to me right it's the flip of it it was like when when i wanted to do it i had to say okay where can i even get in or if at all if i get in what will i get um whereas now it's like oh, this is what i really want to do um and this is what Absolutely. um i really want to learn so from that perspective have you when you look at the categories in which people really want to um, study have, have, has that been interesting to look at say okay these are the courses that people are going for the most which from the other side would you you'd have a much broader perspective but i would say that here um are the specific areas that people are focusing on a lot more so you you tend to focus on 
um, on promoting those a little bit more, for lack of a better term? So it it actually started. The, uh, yeah, there's a huge demand for data science uh, related courses, yeah. right? A lot of the people that uh, sign up for our courses tend to be uh, people who are within the let's say you know the IT industry. They are sort of looking to specialize, or they're looking to even change tracks completely. So the, the data science. There's so much being said and written about data sciences today, right? Or even if you were to take AI, ML. So I think there is overall there's a lot of curiosity about these. Um, a lot of people who sign up for these are also people who want to significantly make bigger jumps in their careers and you know change the trajectory. Apart from that, we also definitely see a lot of interest in courses like uh, management. I think MBA has always been an evergreen, one big ambition for a yeah. lot of people in India. Yeah. I think that continues to stay so. Um, so uh, when people are able to get those without actually having to give up their jobs and they can they can have access to that sort of education on the side and it still makes a meaningful impact to their career, uh, you know that I think that's a that's a happy place. Uh, to to be in, uh, so we are seeing interest in in courses like digital marketing, for instance, management. If, if I have to look at your uh, where you were before uh, grade level, which was which was, which was quicker, um, and I'll, I'll, how you looked at commerce over there versus how you would look at like an ecom here, um, and if you are, a have to go broadly, but also like specifically for both, how do you look at e-commerce as a because there are very different like ways to look right. at it. Right? We really put e-commerce in one bucket, but this is like two very different ways to look at it. Very, very different. So I've done e-commerce. I spent a couple of years in fintech and now I'm in edtech. Uh, so the motivations obviously are very, very different for each of these. As I, I think I alluded to it earlier, when you're talking about like e-commerce impulse, you don't have much to lose, right? So uh, when you throw in a sale kind of a communication or, you know, just dangle something there, uh, a little, you know, a discount or, a, you know, an offer or something, it usually tends to uh, pique the interest of the audience and then they come and sort of try you out. Uh, so it's the ticket size, right? With fintech, it's uh, slightly different because I think the aspirations are there, but there are multiple other things that come into play in terms of what is your eligibility, you know, and things like that. Um, with edtech, it's different. See, but ultimately, I think the audiences, right, are pretty much the same, right, across all of these categories today. Pretty much a lot of the digital brands are still talking to people who are in that age group of 25 to 40, yeah. uh, right? And uh, they have purchasing power. They have, uh, they have large aspirations. And each one of these just is able to make an impact in a different part of their life. Um, like obviously, in that sense, I think fintech, edtech probably uh, appeal to the rational side a lot more. A lot more information seeking happens there. Even the way that the decision-making process happens, it's a lot more driven by, let me get the right information. Let me make the right choice. Can the brand help me uh, by empowering me with more and more information so that I can get to a point where I feel like I've taken this decision with a great deal of confidence and I'm not undecided. You know, the buyer remorse that we keep talking about, uh, how do I minimize that, right? So to that extent, I think one is an is more of an emotional impulse sort of a sell. Uh, and the other couple that I've talked about, FinTech, EdTech, etc., very, very rational. Uh, even when I look at, because I was, I was running through the site as well, that I was looking at, some of the parts and, and I felt that was an interesting piece to look at as well is the fact that um, this is entire uh, you know categorization which is which is and and, and I, I opened it while that just so I, I get the one right so on one end you had 
balancing upskilling with motherhood then there was uh, a career gap you know dream job uh, even after a career gap and, and many other so the kind of person who goes for education now is also not necessarily before it was if you want to do a course after that one age which you had to finish doing course uh, you, you know your audience is very clearly okay people who are below a certain age they're going to be doing this course that's what i'm focusing on um the diversity of people who might want to come in and study now is so wide um do you almost uh, do you look at data and almost segment out and say okay this this how we'll kind of focus on different segments or you feel that largely they all they all have the same mindset it's the same mindset as i said i mean if you look at our courses you could they would appeal to people let's say with very less work experience even from a let's say a two years or three years into the workforce right up until we've got other programs for very senior management as well right people at 10 and 15 years so the motivators could be very different one could be so let's forget age for a minute let's look at the the the, the motivator or that uh, trigger it could be that i'm not really happy with what i'm doing right now i don't see myself doing this for the even though i'm already in the workforce now remember today we're talking about a generation that's absolutely okay with dumping what they're doing yeah. and moving on it's a brave new world a wonderful world right where we would we would never you never you know sort of gave up a job without having another one in hand a break was considered to be <laughs> like suicide right you know how i could know. so i think that's gone right so if you're not happy in it i think everyone's looking it's a marathon i think there's a realization that you don't want to burn yourself out and so if you're not happy even in 3 years and of course like there are extremes of that but let's look at the the larger the rational cases i don't see myself i got into this field let's say it's sales and i feel like the pressure is just too much and i don't see myself doing this let me instead arm myself with uh with a degree or a co or certification that could then open doors for me in a in a you know future proof career right so as we said like data science that could be one trigger why people want to or the other thing is that hey i want to grow really fast because i know that i have a penchant and i i have a i have the aptitude and i have the hunger to really succeed but i need that little push because otherwise i'll keep going at the same rate because i'm one among several right now right so that's the other trigger which is to change the trajectory move much faster so either change tracks move extremely fast or there could be just some people who come and take this on because they want to learn something new i mean a lot of people me included right after a point you're doing this it's a comfort zone right and there is that need inside which says hey uh you know it's an uncomfortable feeling and i feel like people should nurture those feelings of discomfort and then look for what is it that i need to learn right and i think covid somewhere has triggered that right for whether you like it or not learning suddenly is in the bang in the center of our collective consciousness yeah. whether whether you're learning <laughs> whether you're learning cooking or baking or you're going back to hobbies that you dropped off or you're doing something to uh, you know to save your role from becoming redundant in future because you've seen that happen to a lot of roles today it could be anything right so it could just be picking up new knowledge adding more to my arsenal so any of these could be the motivators so frankly you know it it's not so much an age driven thing i would say it could be any of these triggers so if you had a kind of uh, if i was a young person listening to this and a large part of the audience is right i'm 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 in college um, i'm just going to kick off my career or i'm looking to move into marketing um 
I'm taking upskilling as from from what your marketing thing. What should you, what should I upskill myself on if I want to work in this space of marketing for the future? What would those areas be? Now, so absolutely. Uh, see, I think marketing is a fantastic space to be in, and it's never never gets old. And I think it's going to be only more and more important as we start to drown in data. I think what what does the marketing do? Right? It's it's hardly about making the ads. I mean, all of those come. It's not about the ad or the packaging or the design or any of that, right? Ultimately, what does the marketing team do? They actually get to the heart of where the consumer is at today, and they understand, right? And and we, you pick those much sooner so that the business is able to sort of you're building a brand, which is ultimately you know what the business is all about, right? So um, one is definitely as I talked about how marketing teams are structured. Try and figure out where you'd want to fit in. You know, if you're someone who's got a great sense of intuition, you thrive on listening to people, understanding where they are at. You know, if you if that's your thing, then try and figure out where you can get into that. Right. So you know, either research or uh, uh, yeah, I think research might be a great place. Or even if you're quantitatively driven, for instance, uh, definitely sort of understand, get get comfortable with um, uh, with analytics to some extent get comfortable with data because it's all data driven today right and he who he or she who's able to make discovery from data right and pull out those insights from information is going to be you know is is going to be the winner so it's that the second is if you if you thrive at creation the great thing is that earlier there used to be these watertight depart- compartments right there was this creative and then you were the brand side you were the suits and they were the creative guys and you didn't mix and each one thought the other was <laughs> not as great I think all that is gone, right? Because today, if you are a content creator, if you are articulate, and you can put out thoughts that would help the brand connect with the consumer in any way, by all means, you know, sort of nurture that, develop that. I often see, you know, um, that these compartmental compartments continue to exist. A lot of people in brand teams, even today, are a little reluctant to sort of get into the creative side of things, and so there's an over dependence on the creative teams. Yeah. who may or may not have that level of insight so i think you know if you are able to you know you you'd be a very very strong addition to any any marketing team and then of course there's digital marketing at the end of the day if you are able to figure out how best to reach your audience uh, in a manner that that uh, in uh, with the least cost and you know you're able to deliver on roi i think that that's going to be a skill, skill that that everyone's going to need at some point um yeah so you know all of these understand media in general what is working what are people doing where are they at how can you reach them all of these very very bright uh, future for for youngsters who want to get into marketing you actually mentioned media which is interesting because i i feel that most times and and i and i still somehow see this in in colleges when i go there uh, or when i could go there rather um is that you can kind of convince them okay i want to be a copywriter or i want to be a business person and 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 my point is always like you can do all of these at the same time like yeah. no longer just i think i think some of those preset divisions um, don't necessarily have to be there you could absolutely. be absolutely has you could be a, a a business person with a very strong creative absolutely uh, absolutely i love writing lines and and doing that sort of stuff um and i think a lot of this is just in in the mind a lot of baggage that people who probably started their careers several years ago have come with um so the important and this is something that i i learned extensively through working with um in the us they don't have any of that you could never be on the business side and say 
you know, I can't write. I can't write because that's not my thing. Because there's no one else there who's going to. So if you know, yeah. you you are expected to be able to. If you know the insight, what would prevent you from putting that down in a powerful manner? It may not be the you know the best. Um, but you've got to be able to articulate that so i think that is very important just to overcome that barrier whatever people need i think it it requires a lot of introspection a lot of people today the engineering types for instance will say i can't do the creative stuff but i can do the analytic stuff why just push push the interesting part though i would say because you mentioned engineers is that i have found the most number of engineers including me uh, who are part of the creative industry but i feel that's a different kind of engineer that's a kind of engineer who said i don't want to do that side absolutely <laughs> but what you don't realize is once you get to the creative side and if you're on in 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 marketing i still talk as much numbers and i have to look at as much data as i would have had to if i had continued. it's a very very powerful combination um anyone who can fundamentally look at numbers and uh, can just communicate uh, they're becoming i wouldn't say it's a rare species it's just that because when there's so much of diversification happening across everyone's picking one little corner that they want to operate in yeah. but as you move up you need to be an integrator right you need to have a point of view you need to be able to uh, you know to add value to each of these otherwise you continue to become a specialist um you know it so kind of stops your growth in that sense it would and it's a rapidly evolving uh, industry it's a rapidly evolving space so who knows whether that will even be there or not right so i think it's very important to be very agile i think uh, like like every other function you know, to uh, as we come towards the end of uh, every episode what i what i do is a segment called the humans of advertising which is generally not necessarily about the work but uh, about you and it's a set of random questions most of these questions are the same for all my guests um if uh if you had to tell people who you work with or people who who, who know you in the workspace that this was, there was a particular thing that you spend a lot of time consuming or are a huge fan of or um or or are you actually obsessed over a lot what would that be and uh, which would surprise them wow that's an interesting one um so i read a lot of philosophy i'm not sure if people would associate that with me that's um, a lot of philosophy um a lot of indian philosophy as well now ancient indian philosophy that's become a recent uh, sort of obsession um yeah so that i think because i think on the outside i'm you know sort of come across as probably extremely extroverted and i'm in the know of everything that's happening on you know let's say media entertainment and all of that but fundamentally uh yeah this is one you know i any kind of philosophy i think yeah yeah that that i think they would it's more relevant now than ever to study philosophy yeah. i my 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 co uh, my lockdown uh, binge has been reading anything around stoicism that i can find absolutely aurelius in fact that's that's so i have this book by my bedside so marcus aurelius every every couple of months i will change that yeah. it's just your daily dose of yeah something to just bring you back right the the The, the goal of people is not to make you happy the world does not exist to make you happy or make your life easier i think it's it's always great to sort of hear that uh, actually found so i've actually found it through this uh, author called ryan holiday so ryan holiday used to be a marketing executive okay uh, who wrote a couple of books right and then he started writing it became now he's primarily stoicism and i found it interesting that okay like he was in marketing and he actually spoke about the fact that after his first two books uh, i think both were focused on that space and media and marketing and he decided to write this his publisher was like no please just go back to writing about marketing why is writing on philosophy 
it makes sense doesn't it you're pushing people to consume 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 at some point you probably just want to sit back and realize how the futility of just consumption but no 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 i'm not <laughs> i think it's a life stage thing as well possible yeah, totally um what can you put together in an instant in an instant well i could cook so i can churn churn stuff that would be edible in an instant probably but in an instant a song a tune um absolutely i'm a uh, i i'm training in hindustani classical music is a big deal for me so i could put together a song in fact it's a complaint that my sons always have when i'm teaching them hindi uh, mm. you know then i would break into a song somewhere just to tell them the different <laughs> uses and like, no 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 can we just <laughs> so yeah so i could i could break into a tune in an instant um anything you've read listened to or consumed in recent times that you would recommend that i would sorry that you that you would recommend something you read something you listen to watched could be anything so i i i read a lot of fiction so honestly i don't know whether that's the kind of thing i should recommend right now but currently i'm reading avni doshi's book the girl in white which was shortlisted for the booker uh it's a very uh, sort of interesting story about a very troubled relationship between mother and daughter uh i find those kind of things very interesting so anything that that circles around relationships and things like that i think i would love to uh so that's what i'm reading right now I, nothing seriously otherwise comes to mind honestly and uh, my what is generally my my last question on every episode is uh, why will advertising not die see i think as long as humans are alive advertising is going to be going to be <laughs> strong alive and kicking um it's a simple thing right uh, the the media may change but our need for consumption our need for products is always unless all of us give it all up and get very philosophical and decide that we are not going to consume but even there right there is going to be something that probably will need to be brought to our attention and will need to be advertised so uh, yeah so my line on that is always as long as human beings walk this planet advertising has a long life ahead thanks so much for doing this this is this has been you know it is there are, there are a bunch of learnings through this which 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 i'm i was noting on my head and i'm going to make those as well and i'm sure people who listen to listening to this as well we will have a bunch of insights to get from that thanks thanks again for doing this thanks varun i loved being on the show thank you thanks so much